You are listening to the Contemplative Motherhood Podcast. My name is Chelsea. I'm a teacher, practitioner, spiritual director, and pilgrim. And I'm Erin, a creative, homeschool educator, counselor, and spiritual seeker. Listen in as we dive deeper into the contemplative lifestyle through hearing about each of our lives. You'll hear our triumphs, failures, practices, and mistakes as we journey together. You might even hear a kid or two in the background. So grab some coffee, tea, curl up, and take off your shoes. You are welcome here. Now let's get started. Oh, it is so good to be back here with everyone and with you, Erin, and back with all the listeners. So we took quite a break from finishing season one with some great bonus material from Erin. And here we are now back for season two. So in this episode, we're going to attempt to build a bridge from where we left off in season one to what we're going to dive into for season two. So if you listen to all of season one, hopefully you did. If not, quick plug to go do that. Uh, For season one, we discussed really what a contemplative lifestyle could look like for us as mothers. And really what we mean by mothers, I don't want to make it too complicated, but it's just for all those who spend so much of their time and energy caring for other beings than ourselves. This, of course, could mean your children, other children, adult children, animals, etc. And in, during that season, we really desire to break down those barriers of finding intentional time and space to feel connected to the divine within you. And it all plays out differently in each of our lives, as you probably noticed when Aaron and I talk. We discussed many times how different we both are and how we found those intentional times and spaces. And in those episodes, those contemplative practices we taught are really ones that we both practice and found as that way to stay centered and feel the sacredness of ordinary life. Yeah, thanks, Chelsea. I This is such a good lead off. And first of all, hi, I'm excited hello. to be here. I'm sorry. I should have stopped <laughs> to introduce. Hello, Miss Erin's on the line here. <laughs> no, friend. I am just, this is a really good lead off and I'm, I'm super excited to be here for season two. Um, I really love the conversation of what a contemplative lifestyle looks like practically for many of us, as well as what it means to be a contemplative mother. And like you said, I really agree with you in the sense that motherhood goes far beyond the social constructs that we've built for it and around it. So um, thanks for being here with us today if you are listening for the very first time. Yes. In some sense, uh, many of us connect with the longing to be present, right? And many of us connect with the desire to connect with the divine when literally every second of our lives is involved in caring for others. I think a lot of us can sort of resonate with that narrative. And frankly, you guys, this takes work. And it may have even taken work for you to be here listening to this podcast. And so we are super grateful that you chose to be here with us. So in case anyone hasn't told you today that you are appreciated and that we are glad you are here, thanks for being here. Yes. Last season, I found that we, and I say that collectively, all of us, 
we showed up to be present here in this podcast space and it felt kind of funny for us, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is an interesting platform for us to be present with each other in this sort of context, but really it allowed us to even take the time to inventory where we are in our souls on more ways than one. Uh, contemplative living often feels like a cultural battle, um, at least for me. You know, I think a lot of times I feel that just jibber jabber in my head of plan ahead, worry about the next step, hurry up, get in front of the next person. This is just sort of the ongoing story that we hear in our culture every day. And this is one of the foundational whys of why we wanted to start this podcast. In reality, the battle for contemplative life, especially as a mother, it can feel countercultural for many of us. And I think it's okay for us to acknowledge that. So I want to, before we get too far ahead and share some exciting things about season two, I want to touch a minute on our most talked about episodes and a little bit on the bonus episodes where I got to meet with you guys in a child-centered lens with a contemplative child. At the end of last season, I don't know if you felt this way, but there was a resounding yes to several specific episodes. Chelsea, I don't know if you noticed this, but that's kind of one of the things we get when we do a podcast is we see where you guys are really resonating. And these episodes were thematically, I guess, illustrated that you guys were looking how to practically be a contemplative mother in everyday life. Like, how do I do this? And then having the opportunity to interact with you guys personally, it felt through social media or whether it was in person, it really felt like the episodes of the first season sort of had a few of you dabbling your toes in the waters of the contemplative lifestyle per se. And I heard that some of you might have felt the water was a little bit cold or intimidating. And so maybe you were good with just like one practice. And that's that's perfectly fine. Yes, we can all relate to that. <laughs> right? Yes. Let's do one yes. thing. Yes. And then there were some of you who maybe you have a personality like mine. We just jump in. We're in the swimming pool. This is where we are. And we – you just went all in and you did all the things. And either way, we loved it. And we were very excited that you guys were having this conversation with us and that you were carrying this conversation into your life. So breaking down our last season, it was things like rhythms and routines and stillness and silence. And in reality, I think it's important for us to say this was not a ton of new material to you guys in the sense of it being a topic that you've talked about maybe per se, but you felt as though this podcast gave you time to reflect on whether or not you were intentional in your own lives with embracing a contemplative lifestyle. And you guys, this is big. Because it's not just about whether or not we understand the topics that we talk about in a super comprehensive, deep level. It is applying it in our lives. And you showed up, and that was amazing. 
So season one was a time it felt like of belonging, of finding where you are in this space here with us. And so if you're returning with us, welcome back, friend. And if you are new with us, we hope you have the time to listen back on season one and get your footing up just a little bit. But if you don't, there is space for you here. And we want you to know that, that you will find the ebb and flow easy to jump in. You will get to know Chelsea more and you will get to know me more. And it is our hope that we are genuine and transparent as we share with you. And so now, despite us recognizing that this is countercultural battle for this sacred simplicity in this contemplative life of a mother. Here we are again. And I'm excited. I know I'm the enthusiast. Here we are. I'm I'm enthusiastic. You're the resident Um, cheerleader. We need you, (laughs) Erin. But I need you. So but I'll admit to you, doing those last few episodes of the contemplative trial by myself was a little intimidating. Um, carrying a, on a conversation with just yourself is very interesting. <laughs> but you guys gave a lot of great feedback, and I'm very thankful for that. Chelsea was working on her doctoral paper and super excited for her for that. And I was here with you, and I was a little nervous, but you all were so grace filled and helpful. And I had a just a time to chat with some of you on what it meant to include your children in contemplative practices and even sort of addressing what this might look like throughout the year using seasonal opportunities for invitations. And it was amazing to me how quickly you all responded. So please continue to share those stories with us. We are incredibly grateful for the fruit that you guys are seeing in your life. Um, And so Here we are. I want to know, Chelsea, I feel like this is like a first conversation that we've had in a while. (laughs) And I want to know, share with us a little bit about where you have been, where you are now, and um, from season one to now, here we are in season two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting knowing, um, I think what everyone goes through in life, but life really always throws us curveballs. <laughs> and some are great. Some are just what they are. Mm. Some are not great. And um, so for me to really look back at this pause, um, because we didn't intend to take such a long pause. And if you're, you right. know, of course, listening to these episodes straight through, you don't even know the difference. Um, you're blissfully ignorant. You are. And that's wonderful. (laughs) We love you for it. (laughs) I know I have lots of shows that I love to stream when, um, pretty much the show's over so I can just get through them all and that's great. And I don't have to deal with breaks. Uh, So I definitely understand that. But if you have been with us throughout the breaks, you know, it's been quite a long one, but for me, I find so much purpose in that. So it's really given me an opportunity to reflect on, you know, these last however many months they've been. I'm not going to do the math in my head real quick um, and talk about my noticings. So, you know, I noticed that when we talk about contemplative practices, because it's something Aaron and I, you know, we've both done, you know, we 
collect collectively and individually have done for for years and you know some years have been better than others um but when you talk about them it's quite different um you notice so much more you know finding that sacredness in the just the ordinary life you know when life and they become these lifelines so i've been extremely busy way too way too busy and I've really needed these contemplative practices as my lifelines, you know, really as my grounding. So, you know, I admittedly, like probably all of us have way too much on my plate. <laughs> you know, I, I do work full time. I raise three kids with my spouse. I am a spiritual director. I do this podcast. I volunteer for a local interfaith organization. I'm going to school for my doctorate. That is just insane. I don't you know. You just how say I got like it. that's crazy. I don't. <laughs> yeah. How do you plus, do that? <laughs> I know. Plus the other things, you know, that life throws at us. And um, so I don't know. I, I've got myself in a mess, people. I will crawl myself out. Don't worry. But you're here. Um, that's and that's I'm what here. Matters. I'm here and I'm present. And Absolutely. I think, um, you know, I realize through these practices that. I am, when I'm doing them, I'm more myself and I'm honest with myself. I literally just even writing down, you know, things that are on my plate that are too much is me being honest with myself saying, this is insane. You know, it's just a struggle. I'm a little bit in too deep and I need to take the time to really cut through and, and figure out what it is that needs to, you know, be stripped away a little bit. And when I open myself and hear me speak, which kind of sounds a little self-serving, um, but really when we listen to ourselves, we also hear this wisdom that speaks from us. And when I listen to others as they speak, I can hear their wisdom. And when I spend time with that, that gives me life. And so... It's really learning that all my, all these activities that use my talents and bring me joy and knowing which ones are kind of draining me of that joy because of the amount of giving I have to do. So, you know, in this gap time is really when I found, when I find myself searching for the centered and calming presence of the divine you know, to be present in all these activities and further to use these practices to discern what I need to gently let go of. And we kind of uh, maybe use the word discern or discernment <laughs> in one of our episodes, but we really haven't gone deeper than that. Right. And so hopefully, you know, this season we can um, maybe look at some of the topics that we're going to talk about in, in this matter of discernment. Because I think that's really important for us too, because again, we all have activities and most of them we can't say no to because they're activities you have to do. So, you know, discerning what it is you need to gently let go of. So, you know, and I'm sure others can relate to this mess that I'm in. <laughs> and, you know, the, the few episodes we did talk about this heart center, you know, and really, this break taught me how important this heart center is. And to find, you know, what is giving you life and to hold on to those and let go of this notion of trying to do everything. Because it creeps up so quickly on us. Mm -hmm. The expectations, 
just kind of way down on us and really trying to be this perfect symbol of whateverness, um, you know, which, which is hard to ever, you'll never live up to it. Right. You know, and so it's learning to just be present and saying, hey, I am who I am and I love it. I am not perfect. Uh, I definitely don't make baked treats um, that look wonderful. And those that you do is such <laughs> a, a Pinterest mom. No, I am not. I'm a Pinterest fail. And that is okay. It is. I, I, you know, kind of find myself laughing at that a little bit, but <laughs> I'm going to get us back on track. Okay. So I'm a person that loves to do things that really make me feel important. And, you know, if I sit with myself, like what, what, what does importance mean to me? And it's really comes from, you know, how I was raised and that importance to me is giving, you know, I have this deep sense of, um, I grew up very privileged, I would say. And, um, I'm thankful that my dad really installed a sense of you've been given much, you need to give it out. You cannot keep it. You are the caretaker. You are not the holder of possessions. And so that's kind of drives me a little bit. And sometimes, you know, can, and so can, in so doing, you know, I can tend to give more than I really have the energy to do. And so I need to find those ways of holding on to the heart center and discerning before I kind of ep- accept that new giving opportunity. And that's my own thing. And we all have our own things. And so that's important too in a contemplative practice is to sit and notice um, these these different ways of being and who we are, you know, as a further way to accept who we are. So really what I'm saying is that I notice more and more that talking about this way of connecting with others and learning ways to be present is what helps me to then produce ways of being present within myself which really gets overlooked of being present to yourself, not only Mm -hmm. present to your children and to all the other people and the outside world and having compassion on them, but to be present with yourself is really kind of where it starts. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things, you know, even having small noticings of when my body does not feel right, you know, when I'm beginning to be anxious about deadlines or pleasing others, those are my two sticking points. So, you know, finding, myself to take the time to sit with it, you know, hold it and learn from it. So I feel like I'm in this space right now of learning what is peace to me and what is it that's disturbing that peace or what's holding that peace. I love that. That is so good, friend. Yes. So Aaron, would you be willing to share some, a few noticings from our extended pause. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I may be the cause of our extended pause. But <laughs> no. <laughs> but, mutual, mutual. you know, we all, as, as females, we always feel that way, right? Like yeah. we're, we're responsible. Yeah. I'm the responsible one. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's interesting to hear you talk about talking about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if we can focus on that for a second. Um for me, and this is interesting, is that I want to flip the script just a little bit um, because the way that I identify in my own personal way with noticings is actually the opposite. It's listening. Um, and so that is what I, I feel like is, is such a good thing about being here with your with your sacred companion, right? Like the irony is that talking about this way of life helped me listen in a more sacred way. And 
I can be honest in saying that, man, friend, I, I resonate with the helping part. Um, the helping part of me feels almost like an inner motor, you know? Mm-hmm. I thrive when I feel like I'm needed or validated in my quest to be that helper. And mm-hmm. even helping in, in some senses can be addicting in, in some of its qualities. We, we like accolades. We like praise, you know? And if that's shifted in my heart center and I'm looking outside of myself for that validation, then the type of helping I'm doing and, and even within that role, then, you know, I, I'm completely, I'm off kilter. And that is a very good checking point. So, you know, I'm kind of like you, friend. I feel like I'm one of those people where I'm the same. It looks like I'm a woman just like throwing on some random hats. Um, and that's a dog. You know, um, just let him go. One of the okay. random hats that I throw on is that I'm a caretaker of dogs. And some of them I like more than others. But, you know, I think it, this is a reality. In the daytime, I'm a homeschool mom and a content writer. I do some digital work and um, I serve on the board of two nonprofits because one couldn't be enough, right? Yep. Like, mm-hmm. come on. But I'm saying all this because I really resonate with you and I have to be careful and I think a lot of us have to be careful that our identity isn't found in what we do, but rather just who we are. Mm, I love that. Oh my goodness. Our identity is not on what we do, but on who we are. That's so hard. It's so hard. It sounds so simple, but it is so hard to internalize. Mm -hmm. And if if we are using that as our narrative and we are desiring that sort of heart center, then, you know, that's, that's a really good checkpoint for where we are. And homeschooling, if you are a homeschooler and you are listening to this podcast, um, I'm going to give you an accolade (laughs) (laughs) because this is hard. (laughs) Um, So really that is my full-time job and to share a bit, with you guys about this world and and just like a lot of aspects of motherhood, whether it's public school moms or homeschool moms or women's in, women in the workforce, there can often be this like competitive feel. Um, and it's really not necessarily a competitive feel with the other mom on the other side of the room, right? What it is, is a competition within ourselves. And, you know, for, so some of the questions that I can find myself asking is, am I doing this right? I, I know we all think that. Am I doing this right? Like, is this is this okay? Um, look how fun I am. <laughs> or, um, ah, yes, okay, this is good. I've researched 10 hours for this one new math curriculum. Check. Okay, these are <laughs> just some of the things that go through my head. And I have developed this, uh, saying that I say to myself, and this is from a collection of other um, home educators as well, that the children and the connection are more important than the curriculum. Mm. And I felt like this sort of applied to what I was trying to do in our gap period, right? And this is sort of a theme amongst us. I want to just out myself and say that I am just as guilty of showing my highlight reel in real life as well as I do on social media, okay? So 
let's just real talk that this season was a challenging season for me in this in this gap time. And I found myself knocked down with some significant health issues, which for some of us is often our wake-up call, right? And as a result, we are literally sometimes forced to reevaluate. And in every physical and emotional sense, I was no longer able to conquer the next helper role task. Like I couldn't do the next thing. Hmm. And so I just want to throw out the idea that for me during this extended pause on the show, I noticed and literally made note to myself in my journal that it shouldn't take a drastic knockdown of epic proportions for me to tend to my soul. Hmm. In fact, I want to say, and with just a heart of gratitude, that this podcast has helped me just as much as it helps you to find and talk about the lines of not if I'm going to be a contemplative mother, but how I'm going to be a contemplative mother. And for that reason, I am super happy to be back. And we are excited about season two. And Tell us just a brief breakdown. Like, let's break down season two a little bit so we know. What's going to happen? All right. Okay. Let's get some bells on. We're okay. ready. You know, Aaron and I are excited. <laughs> jingle, jingle. I know. So, Aaron, guess what we're going to talk about this season? Uh, so, this season, <laughs> we're going to crack open ourselves a bit more as if we haven't already. Right? I don't know. I have a problem <laughs> with vulnerability. So I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I've been pretty open, but maybe not. You're doing so well. I'm so Thank proud you. of you. I'm so uncomfortable with vulnerability. <laughs> That's where the growth happens. There we go. Um, so, you know, we're going to take ourselves open just a little bit more, you know, and find out more about, I love this, these women that have come before us in the great scheme of life or are in the midst of us every day walking around who have walked this path of sacredness. They have much, much to teach us. So uh, we have the season entitled The Stories of the Amas, and we chose the word Amma to describe them. So language is important. And sometimes I get so frustrated with the English language because it just never seems to have the right word I'm looking for. And so we thought, let's go back to the ancient use. And I will admit this doctoral paper I was working on (laughs) included a lot of these women. So that might have been why it was so important. But unveiling these women really brought some depth, I feel like, and can really bring some depth to us. So to simplify, you know, what does the word Alma mean? So to us, okay, and, and this term means spiritual mother. So the way that we use Alma is to describe these amazing women that have a spiritual connection with this, the great being of life. And because I'm a history buff, I mean, you know, I love to research history. So of course I had to research what, you know, the, the linguistic use of Alma I love so it. I want, I'm going to take the word deeper so we can really grasp what Amma means because it's not just spiritual mother, but we're going to, like an onion, peel it a little bit. So Amma's 
comes from many languages and cultures. I thought that was pretty amazing. Usually, and it's pretty true, you'll have kind of the root word and you'll have a lot of different branches that kind of spring off of it. But this really, um, the root word's never broken up. Ama is really how it's used. And so most of the time, it means something greater than just the word mother. It can be referred to as a wet nurse a nanny, a grandmother, all descriptions of women who sustained your life. Hmm. Maybe they didn't give you life, but they were your sustainer. They were your providers. So for us, Alma not only means spiritual mother, but also someone who is a sustainer, who is our provider who gives us these tools to sustain our life, to give us a deeper, greater life, and to connect us all together. And really, it's an honor to be able to talk about these women. You know, we're, we're not going to, of course, there's so many of them. So we're really just going to get a glimpse of these women in their lives. But we're going to try to learn from them, lean into their lives, and take away those beautiful nuggets of how they bring love and life and to share how they connect to the great source of life and find the sacred of everyday life. And also the great um, aspect of a contemplative life is learning to be present. And these women know how to be present. Mm -hmm. So, Erin, you read a great quote from Maya Angelou in the trailer for the season. And I'm wondering, would you read it again? And, you know, what inspired you to use this quote? Absolutely. This is um, being a writer. I love to read about other writers. I know that sounds kind of funny and ironic, but... Uh, I'm sure many of you are familiar with um, Amaya Angelou. And she once said, there is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside of you. And I'm going to say that again. There is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside of you. And funny Oddly enough, this quote came to me as my children and I were studying her poetry recently. And as we've talked about before, teaching our children, no, they teach us. And I found out things I didn't know before. One of the things that I found out about Maya, and, and I want to bring this up because I just couldn't stop thinking about it, was that at Maya's early life, she witnessed an extensive trauma at a very young age and found herself not speaking for years. And so she spent a great deal of time trying to find her inner voice and trying to find how to express that. And as a result, she has become one of the most beautiful, talked about poets of all time, expressing outwardly her story through her writings. But it was only through that journey to find her voice through her poetry, most notably, that did she capture and share that untold story within herself. So perhaps you're listening today and you feel 
you haven't quite found your story. Or maybe you've found your story, but you haven't yet found how you want to share your story. That's okay. And that's not why we're focusing on these stories and the Amos this season. The desire of us is to delve into the stories of these Amas, as we call them, is for you not necessarily to feel like you have to do more with us, but we want you to be here with us. And we hope to set up this space as a way to profile and shine a light on some of these women who have even unintentionally written stories of life, of intention, and of sacred meaning, even if they themselves would not consider it, quote unquote, spiritually profound. They have found their heart center, their inner voice, and have agreed to share this outwardly with us. And so we come into this space gratefully. We have this feeling that the stories of these Amas may be, in our little space of podcast world, a place of holy sacred ground. We might actually have to take off our shoes a couple times when we're done talking about these women, right, friend? Mm, Yes. And so here in season two, the stage has been set for sharing stories of life-giving and life-sustaining Amas. Our desires is just that these stories become the very life that inspires you to keep going, that inspires us to keep going, and our beautiful chaos, our sacred mundane. So wrapping this up, what should you expect this season? It's simply this. We are coming with open hearts and hands to hear the stories of the Amas. We may take off our shoes a couple times. We may stand on holy ground more times than we even know. We will peel back a layer of our own listening capacity. And we might hear the story of an ama who is spiritually seeking. She might be kind of like you, or she might be kind of like me. So in season two, it's time, my friends, to do some sacred listening. And we hope that you will join us on our next episode. Lovely, Erin. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us today on the Contemplative Motherhood Podcast with us, your hosts, Erin Thomas and Chelsea Whipple. To get regular updates on our podcast, hear new episode drops, interact with us, and find our show notes, go to our website, www.contemplativemotherhood.org. There you can also sign up for our newsletter. As always, we appreciate your support of this podcast and in helping us share our journey with others. We invite you to regularly check our blog. Our after-show blog posts will allow you to dive deeper on the content shared on an episode. So if you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. This helps us to cross paths with other Pogo Mamas across the board. Until next time.